sit down with the guys and talk about your real estate journey, just go to rondonsitdown.com. That's rondonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 352. It's our final episode of the year. Yeah, we're going to be off a couple weeks, and then we'll see you again in 2022. And what will we do together in 2022? I know this. We'll still be broadcasting live from the Les Schwab studio. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we want to talk a little bit about the holidays and the gratitude that we feel toward a lot of you. Uh, also, we want to talk about the home that you live in because it's a reflection of your longevity. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's talk about Bitcoin and the fact that there's a lot of people out there that invested in Bitcoin a long time ago, and now it's worth millions and billions of dollars, and they can't get to it. There's an incredible story about a guy that lost his family over this, and initially his Bitcoin was worth nothing, then it was worth millions, now it's worth half a billion dollars, and he says in the next couple of years, eight to ten years, this Bitcoin that he can't get to will be worth five billion with a b dollar and he said it's not about the money ron well uh, it's kind incredible. of about the money because it, it's a, a tremendous amount of money so to give a little background on this this was a guy in the uk and so years ago he had read it's called a white paper a white paper is like a proof of concept paper and so this this is right when cryptocurrency was being introduced to the world so he read this white paper because uh, he's in in sort of the technology security uh, industry. He reads the white paper on Bitcoin. He's like, this guy's figured it out. Satoshi is, is the, the guy that's credited with, and people don't, he's a very shadowy figure, may or may not be real. <clears throat> so, but he produces this white paper. He's like, I want to be involved with that. And so th- this is overly simplistic, but I'll give you the deal. The way, so it's a decentralized currency. The way you do a transaction, they need usually a bank is going to verify funds. So if Don and I are buying something, he's selling his truck. I'm going to buy the truck. I go to the bank. The bank says, this is this check is good. You can count on it. I give that check to Don. He gives me the car. You go back to the bank. You get the cash. So the bank uh, is the intermediary. And so what crypto is trying to do is say, we don't want an intermediary. We want to be divorced from regulation, divorced from countries, because uh, countries sometimes like China could step in and freeze your bank account uh, and is a communist country. And so we, we want to avoid all of that. And so they said, what's the mechanism? How are we going to verify funds? And so what Satoshi came up with is like, we're going to have volunteers around the world volunteer their computer to solve a, a complicated math equation to verify the transaction. And so for doing that, we're going to award these people that volunteer their computer uh, a fraction of a Bitcoin. So hopefully this makes sense. So Don and I want to buy the truck with crypto. 
We do the transaction. A third party has set up their computer and they've paid for it and they pay the electric bill. They've paid for the computer. They've installed the software. They're on the Bitcoin verification network. And so our transaction goes through that third party solves the equation and they get because they solve the equation, the money now transfers. Don gives me the truck. You got the Bitcoin. Uh, and this third party gets a fraction of a Bitcoin for solving the equation. That, that makes sense. Yeah, and then you hear Bitcoin mining. That's what they mean when you hear Bitcoin mining. And and what's really expensive, you guys, is they say now to mine a Bitcoin. Uh, and if you just owned an average home, use average electricity, just to mine one Bitcoin, it would take eight years to mine one Bitcoin. But back the, in the, the day, electricity. Yeah, but back in the day, uh, it was more affordable to to mine yeah, Bitcoin because so time and, and Bitcoin wasn't really worth anything. At this the time. guy in our story was one of five nodes in the UK. So he, his computer at night, he would work on the computer during the day, shut off the mining, do his job, and then at night, he would let it mine. And so he racked up like 8,000 Bitcoin, at the value of which was next to nothing. He just did it because he, he liked the concept. He, li- he bought into the white paper and thought this was a good idea. And so after a while, it was overheating his computer and, and his wife was complaining that the fan was always kicking on and off and it was waking him up. So he shut it down and just stopped. And so he had this, uh, he had this money. So here's where the second part comes in. When you have Bitcoin and it's not tied to a bank, how do you secure it? So what the, the cryptocurrency community has come up with is a key. And so the safety protocols for this key is they recommend that you do not keep it online. You don't want to take your key and put it somewhere where someone can hack your key for obvious reasons. So like if you put your key in an email and somebody gets the email, they can just log in and t- transfer your Bitcoin to their account because they have the key. So what the, the the protocol is, is to take your key, which is like a 64 character, you know, cryptography algorithm thing generated. Uh, and you take your key and you take it offline. And then now you store your key somewhere safe. And so you can unlock your crypto. Key's just a password. And so, so his key, this guy had on a hard drive. The hard drive he took out of a computer and he put it in his desk drawer for security reasons. Yeah, and also he had poured some lemonade on the computer and he was concerned about uh, all the sugar sometimes when it gets right. inside a computer. So he removed the physical hard drive yeah. so it wasn't online and he put it in his drawer. And nowadays they have, like when I was into crypto, I've sold it all off, but when I was into crypto, you have a little device that is your key and you, I put that in a safe, safety deposit box type of deal. So when I wanted, if I wanted to remove my crypto, I had to go get that key, unlock it digitally, and then type manually type in my key so that it wasn't hackable. So long story longer, he inadvertently was cleaning out his desk before a vacation to tidy up, and he throws away the wrong hard drive. There were two hard drives in the drawer. And he thought he was throwing away hard drive A, but he accidentally threw away hard drive B. He can't recover, so that goes to the dump. Now, he's trying to work with the city to give him permission to go through the dump and try to find his key or the hard drive. 
he, they will not allow him as a, just an, a regular citizen access because you have to stop dumping, go in and sift through tons of garbage to try and find his hard drive. So there's a hard drive in this dump worth $500 million, north of $500 million. If they can recover the key, there's not another mechanism for him to get the key because he doesn't have the key. You're like, you need the key to get into the account. You can't get into the account without the key. The key doesn't exist anywhere but on the hard drive, and he can't get the hard drive. So the reason it's in the dump is it was in his desk. He had cleaned out his desk. He put the hard drive into a garbage bag, and he asked his wife the night before, hey, could you take this to the dump? And she said, absolutely not. It's your garbage. You take it to the dump. He gets up. This is his explanation. He slept in till 9 o'clock. He wakes up. His wife is gone. She has already gone to the dump, and she has taken that plastic bag, and she's put it in the dump. And unbeknownst to him, he said in the middle of the night, it came to him, oh, my gosh, and I don't know if I believe him that that key is in that bag. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll pull it out. But it had already gone to the dump. And so now for years, he has put together teams. He has promised the city itself, if you let me go into the dump and look for this, whatever I find, I'll give you a third. I'll give you a half, whatever it is. And the city won't allow it. He says the reason why the city won't allow it is because they'll have to go in there. He said with the teams that he has, because they, they, in the way that they dump garbage, they do it in a grid. And so they're able to say, hey, your particular neighborhood, that particular year, that's over here. He said with the teams that he, he can hire uh, that will also get a part of this treasure now, uh, it would probably take over a year to excavate. And he said the city won't allow it because they know when he goes in there that they're going to find out that they've been throwing some things in the garbage that are hazardous and they don't want to set any uh, off any alarm bells. And as a result of that, they keep telling him no. His wife has left him. Uh, he still has bunk beds in his house. The beds are still made. He doesn't see his kids anymore. She took the kids because this is all he is focused on. And he said, if I'm going to be honest, I kind of, the reason our marriage didn't work is I held it against her for doing something that I asked her to do going to the dump. He said, but I can't help myself. It has driven a wedge. And people said, well, what if they allowed you to do this? What if they allowed you to go back in time and refarm that crypto. People have talked about doing that. And he said, no, I, I don't want them to refarm the crypto uh, because for me, it's not about the money. It's about the principle of being able to go back into the dump to excavate. And he said, a lot of people will say, well, that thing's been destroyed. He said inside the, the cassette itself, inside all that plastic, uh, he believes there's about a 90% chance uh, that that key is still there and that it still works. So it's a crazy story. And there are other ones. There was another guy that had a ton of crypto. He memorized his key. He was paranoid. He didn't even want it on a piece of paper in a safety deposit box. And then he died suddenly. He was a young guy and he died. And nobody can get his crypto. It's hundreds of millions, probably hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, speak, well. speaking of that, and, and, and then we're going to stop down here. Uh, there's a story out right now, uh, and you guys can, can Google this, uh, that says that there is something on your iPhone that we can all do before we die that will give somebody else access to all the information that's in your iCloud. <laughs> it's not a legacy contact. Yeah, and I and and I would encourage people to look into that and think about doing that. 
the cool thing is when my little sister passed, I have a legacy uh, to her Facebook and her husband was just going to erase it and said, I don't want to keep looking at those pictures. And I said, I don't blame you because I know it's very painful, but there's a lot of us that still want to go back and revisit on birthdays. And Apple doesn't allow you to, Christmas. to, to say they can look at everything but these three folders. Yeah. They get access to everything. <laughs> you, you know the folders I'm talking about. Yeah. So anyway, think about that before you give somebody that, that legacy, uh, the rights to your legacy. We'll see you on the other side. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat, sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a 100000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team. And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Check out the nation news at runanddonsitdown.com. My dad pays me to say that. All right, you guys, welcome back. Don't forget, we just told you about Sunday Supper on episode 351. And yeah, if you bought, sold, invested, or even referred a client to us, we'd love to have it for Sunday Supper in 2022, where Ron and I invite you over to one of our homes. We sit down, we cook for you, and uh, we connect as humans. So anyway, more Sunday Suppers coming up in 2022, and we'd love for you to be there. If you need us, everything right now, radio and real estate, is at Ron and Don. Com. As I've gotten on the other side of 50, I think about longevity a lot. I don't want to be around, I don't think, and be 105, not interested in that. I do not want to live in a nursing home, an old folks home. Uh, also, in my family, there's dementia, there's Parkinson's. I'm concerned about that. And so it's one of the reasons why I work so hard right now, because I want to make sure if something happens to me 
uh, in the next 10 years, let's say, I want to make sure that my son is, is set up and has a good uh, push in life because I'm kind of one of those uh, older dads. So anyway, with that said, I think about longevity a lot. Do you think about do you think about longevity you, a lot? You think about it way more than I do, but I think about it when you bring it up and you when you have when it. you have a child. It, it, and I think a and lot I, of the parents. I think that's fair. I think the parents out there relate to that because it's like, okay, I brought you into this world, and when I am taken out. Uh, what do I want my legacy to be and how long do I want to live? And what are the things that I'm doing right now that could increase the odds? I, I do think about it, but not as much as you do. One of those things is in the way that we set up our households. I think about this, the house that I'm sitting in right now before COVID, every room and every bedroom had a bed in it. Uh, and there were couches everywhere and beds everywhere through COVID. I'm like, you know what? Cause most of the time the bedrooms didn't get used. My son and I had a talk and we said, you know what? Let's start using the house and just living in the house the way that we want to live in the house along with Charlie. We've gotten rid of a lot of those bedrooms. In fact, where we're sitting right now is a guest bedroom. And now it's a place where my Peloton is. It's a place where Ron and I, uh, it's our studio for the Ron and Don show. And this is also a little gym in here with some boxing and some other things. So my son and I could stay in shape before COVID. And I've done some other things in other rooms where we aren't just sitting on a couch or lying in a bed. Because uh, my son wanted to have this as a room with a couch and a TV, and we we're thinking about doing that. And I'm like, we already have a couch and a TV downstairs, so so let's start looking at things differently. I have five TVs in this house. There's only one TV that gets turned on, and it doesn't get turned on often uh, because after being in, and, and I think it's really interesting, you see a lot of people right now and journalists and other things uh, that are leaving radio that are leaving TV and maybe they'll end up on a streaming service or maybe they'll just be gone pecan. Cause I have to tell you not having to watch Fox MSNBC news, not having to see what CNN has to say in all the talking heads, uh, is, is a huge relief to me. And it's a huge relief, uh, to, to me mentally and in, in my mental health. Anyway, here's some things that you can do. Maybe you should think about when it comes to longevity and the way that you set up your house. And Ron, I'll just share a couple of these and I want to get your thoughts on this. They say, number one, uh, put your TV in a room that's far from your kitchen. Studies have found that people tend to eat way past the point of fullness and also sometimes drink too damn much when they're sitting there and they're watching a show. The convenience and the automatic response sometimes of the brain is to keep eating that popcorn, keep drinking that beer, keep having that glass of wine. What say you? Yeah, I mean, easier said than done for a lot of people. Like, uh, there's a lot of the movement towards having a smaller house. Like, there's not a room far away. Every room is close to the kitchen. So, but I get it. And I, I'm a person that I, I have one TV. Um, and I still, but there are screens in multiple rooms. So with, with the way the world works now, I get what they're saying though, is like to be the way you physically lay out a room, if you make it more difficult to do the thing you want to do. So in a sober moment, if you're like, I want to have an obstacle between the couch and the refrigerator, I get that. If you, if you do have an upstairs downstairs, if you put like I, in my, my house that I lived in before where I had a downstairs, the TV was downstairs. So there was a deterrent to, you had to walk upstairs to get to the kitchen. It does help. Yeah. Uh, number two, keep a show rack by the door. I, I do that. And I, in fact, I have signs up in all my Airbnbs and I actually have a sign up in my own home that says, please take your shoes off. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, uh, you just see sometimes what shoes end up doing to your floors. Number two, though, number two, 
is number two. You drag in a lot of number two, a lot of fecal matter. How about that? I didn't realize that. I, I've thought about this. My place is much smaller than yours, so I'm trying to figure out if it if I put a shoe rack right in front of my door, just aesthetically, how that would look. But it, it, it does make sense. I'm, I'm trying to do better at taking my shoes off. Yeah, if you've uh, number three, if you've read books about blue zones, you know that connection to family and friends is really important. We talked about a Sunday supper. And I have to say, I was flying high for a couple of days after seeing people I hadn't seen in a long time and sharing our Sunday supper. I do do that with my son and with Charlie. We have dinner every night. Charlie knows that he gets a special bone. And so he sits down and eats his bone. My son's job is to turn on the Christmas lights, uh, to light the family candle and deflate all the inflatables. Yeah. And to set us up for supper. And then my job is to actually make supper, bring it out. And then I do the dishes afterwards. There's a real connection that happens when you sit down and you, you, you spend time with people versus you're in the kitchen. You're just eating some chips out of a bag and you're watching an NFL game. Yeah, like it's preparing food for a group like that. It felt worth the effort for me uh, to get up early and sort of uh, spend quite a bit of time in the kitchen. When you're cooking for yourself, it's like you want it done in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Number four, grow a vegetable or herb garden. And you can even do this on a balcony. Uh, our friend, Miss Burbank, brought me uh, some herbs over the holidays, actually a Sunday supper. So I have to think about what I'm going to do with these herbs. But but I will say, when we plant a garden around here, we have a tendency to then plan meals around that garden, and we and we eat in more of a healthy I fashion. I thought about this. I, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of, of doing that next year, of getting a little container on the outside. Can I say one of the things on this that just is reminded me of a book that I read uh, about setting up, like the theme of this article is how do you set up your physical living space to encourage longevity. And one of the best things I've ever read about it, and I, and I try, I slip in and out of it from time to time, was actually organizing your refrigerator and your um, snacks in a way that encourages you to do the thing you want to do. So in other words, uh, in this book I read, they talked about, you, you can still have like cookies or candy, but make them, put a step in between eating them that's difficult. So in other words, she, this woman had cookies, but she put the cookies in the freezer. Mm. And so you had to take a minute to kind of thaw the cookie out to eat it. You still can have a cookie, but it's just in the freezer. Then in the fridge at eye level, she put snacks for her kids that she wanted them to eat and presented them in a way that looked good. So she bought some clear like containers and she would put fruits and vegetables in this clear container and it was at eye level. So when you open the refrigerator, what you saw looked good. It like physically just appeared good. It wasn't in a plat in like an opaque container. You could see the strawberries. You could see the cucumbers, whatever it was in these dishes. And she, what she found is just presenting it in a way that looked appealing made people reach for that instead of the cookies. So having one step away, like the TV, once, so instead of the chips being right there to reach for, make yourself in a sober moment say, I'm, never, I'm, I'm not never, ever going to have a chip again, but is there a way that I could make myself go through one extra step? So there would be something, quote unquote, healthier um, in, on the front shelf and even saying, I'm going to put the chips on the top shelf or maybe you need one of that little step stool to get to it. They're still there, but right at eye level is a thing that I know I want to eat. 
and the chips, I got to get out the step stool and go to the top step. Just that alone, when you're organizing your life, when you do that throughout the thing, you have a place to exercise that's easy to get to. It's easy to get on that bike. So you probably get on the bike more often. If it's hard, like the, the bikes where, and you probably know this from fitness, if you have to roll the machine out from under your bed and assemble it every time, like they some things try to make that a feature, oh, it rolls away under your bed. Well, once it's rolled away under the bed, <laughs> it's going to stay rolled away under the bed. you're going to stay in bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like being able to just get on the bike yep. helps you get on the bike. Yeah. If you had to assemble that bike every time and put the seat in and put the handlebars on and do this whole routine just before you could do your routine, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, final two things I'll share with you. One, they say, think some of us have way too many rugs. Uh, we have way too much furniture and, uh, we haven't put up safety bars in our bathrooms. I say, when you get on the other age of 65, the number one killer, and we hear about this all the time. What happened to grandma? She fell in, she broke her hip and then she goes in the hospital. She ends up getting pneumonia at the hospital because a lot of people have pneumonia. Sometimes when you're sick, the hospital can be the worst place to go. You guys, and we know that that's true. Uh, and I'm not telling people to not get medical care, but as long as you can stay at home, uh, we have to deal with the fact too many rugs, too much furniture. Sometimes get used to every once in a while sitting on the floor. It's good for you and your posture. Uh, and it's something different to do, which I think is great. And think about that in terms of the bathroom, putting up those safety bars. Uh, do you have a walk-in shower versus a tub that you have to step over? I know in a lot of my rentals, we're beginning to put in just these big walk-in showers that don't even have doors so you can have access because uh, we're thinking about those things as we get older. And then finally, there's a calmify, calmify your bedroom. I think this is a good idea. We just started doing this in my house two weeks ago. My son was having a problem sleeping. One of his caregivers said, hey, will they have medication? And I went, no, we're 11. We're not taking medication. Uh, so... But, but he really was having a hard time sleeping. He's waking up exhausted. And what we found is that both he and I, sometimes we'd sit there and we'd watch this really loud Avenger movie, and then it was time to go to bed. And he couldn't sleep, and neither could I. So we decided at 8 o'clock in our house, all the screens go off. There's no movies. We're not looking at phones. I have to check in on my phone before I go to bed. Uh, so I'll do that uh, just for our business. But I get off my phone. We stop watching Avenger movies. He goes to bed at 9.30 now because he goes to, to uh, school a little later and he's a little older. So to get that 10 and a half hour, 11 hours of sleep, we now at 8 o'clock, we take baths and showers because that kind of calms you down. Uh, and then we also start thinking about, we set a time when we're going to go to bed. He has a different bedtime than I do. Sometimes not, though. <laughs> and, and, and then we just read. Uh, and we have found... When we put those screens away, we're not looking at iPads, phones, or TVs are loud. Nothing's loud. Everything's calm in the house. Uh, we bring the lights down, and it has made a huge difference in my sleep. I wake up feeling much more refreshed, and 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 so does he. So that's good advice. Yeah. All right, you guys, don't go anywhere. Uh, the final show of the year and the final segment of the year is coming up on the other side. Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans, is the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. And Mitch, I want to ask you this because I'm sure you get it every day just like we do. People want a crystal ball for the Puget Sound area real estate market. What's going to happen in 2022? When is the right time that I should buy? When is the right time I should sell? All of these questions, I, I get why people want to ask them, but from a, the finance mortgage side, how do you approach that? How do you think about that? 
because some of these things are unknowable, but people still want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I do sound a little biased, but I trust me, I'm not. Um, the right time to buy is now. Rates are predicted to go up just steadily for the next year or two. They've been pressing them down somewhat artificially, somewhat just due to the economy. But rates are down, and they are not going to stay that way, which means money's cheap. But unfortunately, in this King County area, there's a lot of people getting paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So waiting might not be the call. As you wait longer and longer, there's all this tech money coming in. And even if rates go up, there's still going to be able to be, be people who are able to buy million-dollar, $2 million homes. And there are a lot of them. I work with a lot of couples who both make 150 k plus a right. year, right? And that buys you a lot of house, and it will continue to buy a lot of house. So buying now before there's too many of those people is huge. You don't want it to turn into the next San Francisco and have missed out on buying your first home. So in the mortgage community, people are forecasting some rises coming in 2022. What does that mean for the sellers where they're saying, I want to put my house on the market right now and then buy something else? Uh, again, we can't time the market, but what we can do is say, here's what we're seeing, right? Yeah, what we're seeing is selling's really easy, buying's hard. Okay. And unfortunately, that that may not change. It may change, um, but in the in the short term, sell, it's a seller's market, and gotcha. it has continued to be a seller's market. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ronadon Nation. You can get him at Mitch.loans. I almost said Mitch.weeks. Mitch.loans. This is website, Mitch.loans. Tell them you're with Ron and Don, and you save half a percent on that new loan. Mitch, we appreciate it. Uh, the case study today. Yeah, switch to Mitch. All right, you guys, welcome back to, to the final segment of the year. And, of course, it's the holidays, and it's a time where people reflect, and it's a time where people prepare for the new year, and there's this sense of excitement. What I do this time of year in my quiet times with myself, typically in the morning, sometimes at night, is I, I I noticed for a long time I was becoming a quote machine. Like I really like quotes and I really like books that are inspiring. And so I would read all these books that were inspiring and I would read all these quotes. And then I followed all these people that would put up new quotes every morning. And and what I did this year was was different. Is I some of those people I stopped following not because I don't like them, but because they were doing my work for me. Right? They were doing my work. I wasn't doing my work. We have, we have somebody through Windermere. His name is Michael Fanning. Uh, he teaches something called a ninja course, and every single day he does a warm up, and it's things that he is learning. And I would listen to these things every day. But what I found out is none of those things were changing me. They were changing him. Because he was doing the work to find these things, these nuggets, these great quotes to, to share with me. And there were other realtors too. I stopped following him. And it's not because I don't like him. I love him. But it's because Michael was doing my work and I wasn't doing my work. I also found out that I, would, I was doing so many quotes and reading so many books that none of this stuff was changing me. It, no, there, was, there was no change because I was almost now addicted to these quotes, these inspirational memes, but again, it was other people doing work. So what I've really tried to do, I don't repost a lot of stuff. I try to write my own stuff. And, and I try to do that from a place of, of really doing the work when I spend time with myself and with other people. Uh, so this year, I haven't done much reposting of other people's things. I've also taken a lot of things that I've written and I haven't made them public. Sometimes I found that I was putting things online and I would have this great reaction. And all of a sudden I'm addicted to the reaction versus 
versus, hey, is this stuff that I'm writing? Is this about me or is this about the the reaction? And it was probably about both those things. Uh, the other thing I did is I just I just had two quotes this year, two quotes, and 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 these are the quotes that I have focused on. They're written downstairs. They're right by my computer. I read them every morning. And one thing came from a conversation with my son about being noble. Uh, look the word noble up when you got a minute and and see what being noble is. Uh, and he had challenged me this year, to, Daddy, and everything you do, just be noble. Be noble. So I wrote that down on a, on a post-it notice downstairs, and I'm trying to be noble. The other thing that I was trying to do this year is, is to buy my life back, to, to work hard enough now that I can, why I'm still 54, still relatively young, to buy some of my life back because I want to spend more time doing some of the things I love and care about, especially in 2022, versus versus uh, not doing those things and another year went by. So I've focused this year on working hard to buy my life back, uh, to build things that will become oil wells that will create money and really creates passive income. But to get to passive income, you can't approach it in a passive way. People just think passive income is, hey, I'm not going to do shiznit and I'm going to create these oil wells. I mean, it's not how it works. You have to work your her off, at least in my case, because there's no inheritance, there was no money, there was, a, and, and, and for some of us, maybe there is a pot of gold. Maybe our parents or our grandparents did leave us something. In my case, that's not true. So going into this year, I'm I'm thinking about a couple of different things. Number one, I'm thinking about the people that I love and how do I spend more time with them. So I'm thinking about that as we head into the holidays. And, and, and what are the actual steps I need to do in order to spend more time with them? Really cool thing. My mom is coming here for the holidays. I'm excited about it. And then a couple of days later, we're going to get on a plane, and my mom and my son, and we're going to fly to Maui, and we're going to stay with my friends uh, Joe and Jennifer, who are my partners. And in some way, my life partners are amazing. I love them. Like I uh, uh, love Ron Upshaw over here. And this would be something maybe last year I didn't do because I was so busy and I got all this stuff and I can't go. And I said, damn it. I love Joe. I love Jennifer. I love my son. I love my mom. My mom is 79 years old. And wouldn't it be great for us to all go to Hawaii? Uh, I've had to work real hard to get there and to save money in order to do that. But but we're going to do that. We're going to go do something uh, I love with the people I love. And then also this year, I'm going to really work on uh, what can I delegate in order to elevate my life? And what can I delegate in order to elevate my business? What can I do uh, to delegate so I can elevate as a parent? Those are some of the things I'm thinking about as we head into the holidays and just the gratitude that we feel uh, toward all of you we made a lot of money in radio, but this year, I think in real estate, we probably made more money than we've ever made. And it's because you reached out to us. You trusted us. And I've gone from two years ago, living in a basement, uh, almost three years ago now, living in a basement after not knowing what was going to happen. We were let go from terrestrial radio and we have fought our way back, but we couldn't have done that without everybody in the Ron and Don nation believing in us, pulling for us and allowing us to be your real estate agents, uh, to be your brokers and really uh, to be your friends. So I, just from the bottom of my heart and my family's heart, uh, I thank you for that. And I am very, very, I'm very grateful for that. So yeah, I, um, I don't feel like I want to add anything to that. 
Hey, you guys. Keep your head up. Your shoulders back. I hope as we head into 2022, there's things that you can delegate so that you can elevate. And I also hope uh, that you too will, will search out and seek a life that is noble. Uh, and let your kids continue to challenge you. Uh, I think I learn sometimes more from him than I do from any professor or any podcast I've ever uh, listened to. And uh, putting those screens down and finding room in our lives uh, to connect with humans again during a raging pandemic. We thank you. We love you. We care about you. We will see you again in 2022. And if you need us, all you have to do is reach out to us at ronanddon.com. As we always say, and just said, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you in 2022 right here only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.